Welcome back to Jesus Speaks Farsi. Thanks for joining us for the third episode in our series, highlighting Iranian believers helping build God's kingdom through planting churches. Today's episode is a little bit different from our conversations with Cambys and Samuel. I'll be talking with Kayvon, whose personal story includes coming to faith as a 19-year-old in Iran and being spiritually trained and discipled through an emerging leaders course. He now works full-time helping to facilitate church planting training for Persian-speaking leaders in the Iranian church. If you've ever wanted wondered how church planting works in the Iran region and how church planters become church planters, this is the episode for you. We're glad you're here with us. Let's get started. Welcome back to Jesus Speaks Farsi. I'm here with Kayvon, and we're going to talk a little bit about church planting in the Iran region today. So thanks for being here today, Kayvon. Hello, hi, Berlin, and our friends who are listening. It's a joy and honor to be here. I'm excited to talk to you about this. Um, we, like I, I mentioned to you before, we're doing a church planting series. We're talking to church planters, hearing their experience in the Iran region, and then wanted to get your perspective as someone who helps train church planters, um, just to hear a little bit more about what that looks like and what that what that entails. So, but first I was hoping you would share a little bit just about yourself. If you could tell us a little bit about your background, um, maybe if you could share about, if you're willing, uh, just your your early life, um, how you came to know Christ and then um, how you ended up in ministry. Um, I, I, I was born in 1991, so um, 32 and 33 Iranian calendar. So I, I was born in uh, west of Iran, a Kurdish uh, part of Iran, and I grew up there. And when I was a teenager, I think in like 12 or 13 years old, uh, I got a New Testament. And uh, that was the beginning of the, I think, journey, journey for me to get to know the Lord. And I got the New Testament through my older brother, who, who came to the Lord before me. And uh, for me, that was, I think, uh, the interesting part was Jesus speak Farsi. You know, the New Testament was in Farsi. And because I always thought, you know, God is speaking Arabic, you know, and that, that was the interesting for me. I get to, I love the Bible. I start reading it. And, but I always, as a, as a, Teenager, I had the dream of you know like to study and to uh, be be successful, and I did that. I went to university and continued that. But when I was nineteen, I uh, again my older brother came came uh, to me and witnessed to me uh, with uh, more. So I I. Uh, Get to know who Jesus really is, and and I began my my friendship with him since since then. And after that, uh, after a few months, I came uh, to the Lord. He began to disciple me, but because of the persecution and because of he was not at that time he was not living inside Iran, and we didn't have uh, because of security, we didn't have access to internet and things. We didn't it, it didn't work. And uh, so invited me to come to a neighboring countries in, near Iran, where I went and I lived with a brother named Matthew. You know, Matthew 
He was a senior leader in Iran who was uh, arrested and he was persecuted and he came out of Iran. So I went and lived with him for a few months, you know, and he really discipled me. He took me around and he prayed with me, asked my question, encouraged me. And I really grew by, by being with, with Matthew. And then they uh, invited me for a emerging leader uh, course. And, and I went there and uh, I, I loved I loved the course. I loved the teacher. I loved the uh, uh, practical things we would do. And I enjoyed it. But one of the week of the course, I think that was, you know, there were some highlight or the, you know, points in, in, in my life, I would say, was that week we had the British uh, missionaries. They were uh, Dr. Collins, David and Gwyneth Collins. Now I think they're in their 90s, something like that. And they were they were the person I wanted to be. You know, they were educated. They were very, uh, you know, respected. But they left everything and they went to Africa to serve the Lord. And I think that that week was like a burning bush for me. You know, that week I was just. Uh, uh, I was just in, in tears when they were talking and uh, at night I would just kneel down and I would say, God, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I wanna, what about you? What about your people? And that was, I think, uh, the time I really, my, my focus of being myself and, you know, I be successful, I get a better life, better situation than, you know, what about people? So uh, after the course, I went back inside Iran and uh, uh, and I, as, as, as I went back, you know, I was I was on on fire, you know, to go and share the gospel with my friends and family and neighborhood, and and believe it, like for a few months, I, I would just every day would walk in the street and pray, say, God, let's let this be a miracle here, let people know who you are. But for a few months, nothing. Nothing happened. You know, I was just there, and and my city uh, is 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 surrounded by mountain. I would go sit on the mountain and pray for the city, and and I, I, I love hiking, I love hiking. And uh, I, I remember one day when I was sitting there, this this verse that Jesus on the cross said, "This is your mother, and this is this is your son." That that is telling to John, and that that's really spoke to to my heart that you know start something from your home you know i was planning for something big and you know like people and i went home and i asked my mom that let's every week meet together i, I play few chords on guitar and i would play those and in a few worship songs we would start worshiping and we would read the bible together uh, and we would share whatever we understood uh, from it and and uh, so we did that for a few weeks and after a few weeks i saw you know like one relative coming sitting there and i said my mom this is the time we wanted to worship what is she doing here and my mom said i have invited her i said there is peace here you know we pray and we sing song and uh, you know we read this this word is really uh, changing changing me and i invited them to come is it okay and i said yeah that's 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 wonderful and beginning you know we become a become a house church in 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 in, in there and and god god was really doing 
amazing, amazing thing in them. And from those people from that church, they came also themselves for the emerging leader training. And they went back, they went to start another fellowship in another city. And, and uh, that that was how my, my background and the story of, yeah. Okay, that's, I love that. I've heard little a little bit of your story before and I had not heard that that aspect of it, which is perfect for what we're talking about today with church planting. That gives such a great, and I can just picture all of you meeting and then people joining. And that's just um, really beautiful for for you after that, because at that time you were, were you still a teenager or had you, you were after, or was it after college? Yeah. After uh, I, I came to the Lord, I was 19 when I was, went to the uh, lived with Matthew. I was in my 20 when I went uh, for the emerging leader uh, training. I was late 2021 like that. Okay. Okay. So after that, did when I was curious, when did you end up leaving Iran? And did your family come with you? Uh, no. Uh, and after that, you know, like in, in the house church, we were uh, Getting, getting together and, and sharing the gospel with people around us and uh, serving the, serving the community we're living in. And uh, but after after like four or five years, uh, while while we were there, one of our uh, team who were uh, uh, starting a fellowship in their home, and uh, they uh, got got arrested uh, by uh, by security police. And and because of that, the persecution happened to the to the group, and they were uh, looking after us, and they arrested some of our uh, team. And because of that, I I uh, came came out of Iran. Okay, okay. So after that, did you is how did you begin working in ministry after? After leaving Iran, and did you immediately go into ministry, or was there a time where you were just trying to discern what God was calling you to? Or yeah, after uh, I I left uh, Iran, I I had a uh, very very hard hard season, you know, because I was I was thinking, you know, that uh, it shouldn't be the end, you know. I was thinking, you know, God has called me to be there, and I uh, given. Uh, what what I could do, you know, but uh, this should be more. This should be more of what has happened and should be all around Iran and these things. But when this this happened, I was just uh, confused, you know, like, should it be the end of it? What happened? No, I cannot go back. Or what happened to those people who are there still, you know, and, and all these stories. And I, I remember I came to Turkey and I met brother Sam, brother Sam Yaknazar. And I had a I had a time with him and he said, you know what, what do you think God has uh, called you in this season in, in this country you have come? And I and I told him, like I, I don't know, I just praying. And he said, God sometimes, you know, uh, calls us, you know, by vision and dream and thing. And uh, him, uh, many times he calls us by the church, like Stephen. You know, he, he, you know, the church went to him and said, "We need the 
help here and uh, we want you to help here and uh, so he, he asked me he said if you would like to help with training because you speak uh, english and that would be a helpful use of uh, uh, your your uh, friendship with the lord for his kingdom so and and i and i said yes out of respect for him you know, because I loved him and I just wanted to uh, say say yes. But at, at this time gone, I, I saw it was really God's, God's plan and God's, God's calling. So, and then now you're working in ministry to help train new, essentially emerging leaders in for church planting. Um, and I guess evangelism too, and discipleship. Um, could you maybe give some perspective on what does it look like um, to become a church planter in the Iran region? Like, how do you become? How does that? What's that process look like? Like, even just like, how do you find the people? I know for you, you just shared your story of becoming a believer, and then. Um, and then getting connected with with Matthew and then being invited to be a part of the training. Is that, uh, can you maybe give a little more insight into that process or? Yeah, I think uh, for for this season of uh, uh, the God's kingdom inside Iran and Afghanistan, I think uh, there are there are many God has really expanded his, his way he's inviting people i'm sure that during the time i was also invited that was the same but now he's, he's more you know because there is more uh courses more more trainings and and people are being uh discipled through different different and and uh, with with better tools and uh i i think that gives the uh better way of inviting inviting people who have been called to 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 lead to serve uh, as a as a church planter in inside Iran but now i think one of the main uh, ways we 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 have is through the leaders who are inside the uh, the country, you know, they are the one who are suggesting and also uh, other network outside of the country that, you know, they see them and they encourage them. So we kind of recruit, I like this word, recruit them yeah. for God's God's kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. What would, what would be some, and this might be an obvious question, but what would be some qualities that you and your team look for um, in an emerging leader, someone that that you think could potentially be, um, you know, successful, effective church planter. Are there particular things that you look for, like personality or gifts or characteristics? Yeah, this this is the you know as as I uh, said, you know, they go through different courses and there is various of team who are trying to shape them. You know, we are we are looking for. People, first of all, you know, that our Lord Jesus said, you know, love your God and love, love your neighbor as yourself. We're looking for people who are living this command, you know, people who are really loving God, who are really, you know, dependent on him, who are thirsty, thirsty for him, which, uh, you know, you can, you can 
I, I don't think for hundred percent we would know that, but you can feel it. You can, you can. God has given us as a spirit. We can, you can understand. And also, the people who love others, you know, they they look for others. They look to serve others. You know, they uh, they want to be a help for other people. I think these are two uh, main main things we are we are praying and looking for. And also, our Lord Jesus has told us, "Go and make make disciple." You know, we are looking for the people who are willing willing to go. You know, people who are uh, happy to to go for God's kingdom and who have made disciple. You know, people who are coming for emerging leader. Uh, you know, they are the one who have uh, done. You know, through using Safa the discipleship tool one to one you know they have discipled someone uh, you know they have they have had this desire to help other people grow and uh, the heart of it is you know how they have this and their character you know this look like look like uh, jesus but as as i say you know we are not looking for a perfect people because none of us are you know but hoping you know to find some people who have the you know uh, potential in them to to grow uh, which is which is i don't think is an easy thing say okay we have a form we fail or you know things it's as i said this process many people involved and praying and at the end you know depending on the lord because he's the one it's his harvest you know we go to him as send send worker and i'm sure he will send the ones who has plan for them and they are they are the ones for his kingdom yeah sure yeah well, another another thing, just in light of, I guess, as you train these people, as you and as you identify the, as you all identify the right the right people, or as you see who the Lord's bringing to you, how does that, or how does the um, recognizing that the the area where they're going to be ministering and planting churches that there there's da- there's some danger there there's that threat the threat of persecution that's always hovering um how do you go about training leaders in preparation for that are there some specific things uh that you all engage i guess yeah what are spe- maybe some specific ways you might train them to prepare for for that possible persecution or even imprisonment yeah. I, I think uh, the, the people who come for these courses they they already God has worked in their heart and they they come uh, you know kind of knowing there is this uh, uh, risk of being uh, arrested going to jail being persecuted and all, all, all these things and I think uh, also uh, the generation before us, you know, the Iranian uh, uh, and, 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 and examples we have in Iranian church, and they have all uh, sacrificially given their life and, you know, stayed for the gospel. And I think that's also a very inspiring and example for the new emerging leader. And, and also the course, uh, that's that's our desire, you know, that's all, it's, it's very uh, strong in in both uh, uh, instructional you know being deep in the word of god and knowing the word of god and also very strong in 
in uh, in, in uh, practical things you know I, I see it like a heart heartbeat you know it's going up and up and down you know has going down in deep in the word of God and come, come up, you know, every day they go for evangelism, you know, churching, you know, in, in a street. And I think when we take them to the street, what I, what I, what I love, I think it's preparing them for the, uh, for the real battle, you know, like to, 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 to go. And is that, you know, people in the street, they challenge them, you know, say, you know, uh, why are you talking about Jesus? You are religious, or you know, say you are not educated. You are talking about these things, or they say, I don't know, you have been paid, you know, to to do these things. You know, all these things are uh, challenging them and pushing them. And also, apart, you know, one side of, of these challenges, and one side of it is amazing things they see. You know, they they talk with someone. That person kneels down in the middle of the street and gives us heart to the Lord and you know they pray for someone that person gets healed or they say you know what did you say I never have experienced such a, like this what was this this it was like a warm something that came upon me you know all these things I think God is preparing them uh, for for the uh, journey he, he has for them and he's taking them on mm. so maybe as they're experiencing um some pretty incredible experiences of seeing people come to know the Lord in the street or even maybe having, um, just seeing people's lives transformed that that outweighs the risk of, of persecution or outweighs the risk of, um, or even imprisonment. Um, well, thinking about just the church planting ministry in general or practically what, what would be like as a, as a three month course student, who's been through the church planting training, once they finish and they graduate, what does it look like for them typically after, like what are next steps for them after they graduate? Do they immediately go back and know, okay, this is step one, step two, or how does that, how does that look? Or is, is it even something that looks the same for everyone? I'm sure it probably differs a little bit, but is there a general, maybe a general next steps for those graduates? Uh, as, as as I said, you know, right uh, right now, most of the people who come for emerging leader, uh, it, it's God's God's grace is uh, better than the time I was. In somehow, you know, that they come from a fellowship, you know, that they have they have to go back to, you know, because what I said, I was alone. I didn't have anyone, you know, around me, and I went back and and I start start something. And I think uh, not not all of them are. Uh, uh, they have a fellowship. Some of them are still like like me, but uh, I think that that's one one good things. And and also, you know, we have the ongoing training for them. It's not just that we tell them you are not going to forever. You know, like every few months we have a, like a webinar for them, or they come back in person meeting that cohort together to share their story with each other, to pray with each other. But uh, what we encourage them, you know, go back and spend time praying and, and seeking the Lord and ask him for direction. And, and also, uh, you know, began it in your home, this, this uh, friendship with the Lord, you know, have, have that uh, like a church plant in your home with the Lord. And then if there is a, a light there, people see in the darkness around will come. And, and also, uh, one of the things was for, for me, and I believe still is for emerging leader, is uh, devotion 
every every morning having a time with the word of God and sharing your faith and talking about Jesus is something you become a discipline on the on the emerging leader course. You know, after you go back, you know, like after I went back because for three months, you know, I have been every morning seven to eight, I had devotion. And every day I have gone in the street and talk about people, you know, uh, and somehow I have tried to bring the conversation to Jesus with them. And I think that becomes a habit, you know, like uh, when, I, when I went back and I still believe people who are going back, most of them, uh, this becomes their spiritual discipline. You know, like every morning I was feeling like someone is waking me up, you know, like because I think is uh, both spiritually and mentally and physically you have got used to this and you have tasted, you know, the sweetness every morning. You have time with the Lord, you hear his word. And and also in the course, you have seen when you talk with people, you know, the, how how Jesus is their need, you know, how how this is the something, you know, you can give to this world. And I think uh, th this is also uh, something will go with them as as they go back, you know, they talk with their relative and family. I have heard many, many stories, you know, after the course, they have gone back to a funeral, you know, with a funeral of one of the relative, you know, they uh, start the conversation, you know, and brought them to Jesus and people have come to the Lord. And, you know, I think this this kind of is God's God's grace upon upon his church in, in that, you know, people have this passion to talk about Jesus. You know, thinking about, I've had a few friends who have planted churches here in the States and thinking about just how different it looks It they'll, you know, they will find a location, maybe like a, a, a school building, or I don't know, like maybe even a church that will allow them to meet in a particular section of the church and then start sending out flyers, putting up posters and, and then people will come to them. So it sounds like in, in with these graduates of the three-month course, their church planning looks much different. It's in their home and they're inviting people to come to them in a different, like into their home and, and then it would stay small. Um, so one, and well, yeah. So yeah, it's just interesting to me to, I think just the contrast it, it is, it is, it sounds more, um, I don't know, like more, uh, I guess, I don't know if grassroots is the right word, but, um, more relational, I think, um, in some ways. So, well, can you tell me as, um, or just looking ahead, what would be, or what is the vision for church planting in the Iran region? Do you feel like it's changing at all? Do you feel like it, and even uh, maybe even as the, well, I don't know if, if you feel like things are more difficult now, but is the vision the same? Or as you look forward in the next five or 10 years, are there some things that you all are planning for, preparing for, um, that might be a little different? Yeah, I, I as 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 uh, the example you use, you know, when you are uh, in in a country that you live, you know, you have that freedom to go and I don't know have a building and send out flyers and these these things, you know, that, that's that's a wonderful thing but you know when they are inside inside iran they don't have these things you know they and when they don't have it they don't even cannot think about it and and so i think that's kind of 
uh, is uh, it's it's a good thing, you know, because uh, they have to get in a small house uh, churches, and also they cannot have a big group. So if the group grows, they have to give the chance to another person to lead a small group. And I think that raised up more uh, new leader, you know, and, and people, I think, uh, I, I, I believe God uses us as a as his friend, you know, to bring people around. But when, when uh, you know, you have this small group, people are more focused on the Lord than the charisma and the character of the leader who is, who is there. Yeah. And the person, you know, the education of that person, the knowledge of the word of God, because, you know, they, the, the, the attention will be on the word of God and prayer and, you know, being together and, and helping each other out. And I think uh, th- that's, what is going to be for Iran in the years years to come, and uh, and I think one one thing is going to be a change, as we say, this is the this is the truth. You know, the harvest is is plenty, and worker are few. I, I remember uh, recently talking with my my. Uh, Brother, my fr- friend Fashid, uh, Fati, he was saying, you know, well, he, when he was in Iran and serving, uh, they were, you know, every city, they had a church or something. But now is in every neighborhood. You know, you hear from relative, family, you know, this person have come to the Lord and this person heard the gospel or, you know, many people have have, have known about about the Lord. And and the, the way we are uh, training, training emerging leader, uh, and I think we have to uh, for the for future. We have to think uh, of it, how we can help more uh, small fellowship getting together. Which, which praise the Lord, you know, we are we are doing this this tool called weekly fellowship, which is helping uh, many many uh, believer get together in a small group, and they may don't have the knowledge of. You know, opening the word of God, or you know how to lead the fellowship, but this tool helping them, you know, to to have that fellowship. And I think this this is going to be a, a new season for for Iranian church because suddenly hundreds of house churches they have a tool that is helping them to get together uh, more uh, more meaningfully, you know, and have a, a good. T- you know, word of God being opening up uh, for them, and and I think uh, this this is a new new season ahead for Iranian church in these few years, and it is it is the uh, challenging of how to train leaders of uh, you know to to be leaders of small churches and helping people to facilitate these fellowships. And and I think uh, this is this is the area I, I would say many many new uh, generation of leaders will will uh, raise up and uh, because because sometimes when we talk about leader we talk we, th- we think about like a I don't know like David in the Bible who was a leader but I'm sure David had many many people around him. You know who were leading a small part, a small thing. You know to to put it all all together. Them saying, you know, like there is always need of a leadership. But if if you know God lead us, how these small churches can have a facilitator instead of a, you know thinking of the 
you know, great and very well-prepared pastor and leader there, you know, I think this will be a amazing, amazing season for, for God's kingdom inside Iran. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that tool that these small fellowships are using called Weekly Fellowship. Could you maybe describe that a little more and tell our listeners what that in- includes? Yeah, this uh, because, you know, the realities we had to face, you know, there are many, many people coming to the Lord through Iran and Afghanistan, through dreams and vision, through uh, TV, uh, through social media, you know, and and the, the, the challenge was because there is no church building yet, like your friend, you know, God, God bless them, you know, to, to provide that atmosphere. And because of the persecution and the fear, you know, they, they stay alone and, and they cannot get together. Sometimes, you know, they have relative and family, three, four people get together, but because none of them know what, because it is a new, new things for them. You know, this is a different, I, I think maybe, maybe I'm wrong, you know, for the new, uh, the church in Book of Acts, you know, they knew how to get together because they were Jew. You know, they, they used to being in synagogue and talking about the word of God. But for people who converted from Islam, they don't they don't know that, you know, because the, the mosque, there is no fellowship. It's a big group of people. They just go do their ritual and, and come back and they don't know how to have the uh, a, a fellowship. So this 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 tool will give them a like a clear Instead, like welcome each other, ask this question, you know, to get to know each other. And then every week there is a uh, there is a video which is recorded, a message, you know, that opening the word of God for them. And there is a question and prayer and intercession and, you know, that they're sitting for other things and sharing their testimony. And kind of it is creating an atmosphere to have a fellowship around our Lord Jesus and you know, hearing him and encouraging each other, which is very, very effective and very useful, you know, because the, the way this tool is, I think will will help them, you know, to people uh, have this uh, uh, clarity, what is the purpose getting together and giving them some direction, you know, from the word of God, from how to pray with each other and ideas, how to pray, ideas, how to intercede, ideas, you know, how to spend that time together. And and I think this is the this is the direction that God is leading, you know, and it is a it is a threat for Iranian church if we don't answer to it, because if don't answer to it, people get used to just watching TV or being on Zoom and, you know, uh, those are those are amazing tools God is using for people hearing the gospel, but lives wouldn't be transferred until there is relationship, uh, until together being with each other. And, and that's that's a place, you know, people when they break bread with each other, when they hear the word of God, when they pray, when they, you know, have challenges and encourage each other. I think that's this tool provide that place that they get together. And that's that's a power. Uh, I think people will they have got got it and they're using it is wonderful thing. But I think it, this uh, season of how how leaders would encourage that, how leaders would lead that would be for Iranian church. Give me some, maybe some example or share some examples of the impact 
that church planting has had in the Iran region over the last, well, maybe just this year, maybe some examples that you've seen or heard. I'm sure you heard a lot of incredible things, but are there some things that you could share with us that you've seen? Yeah, I have uh, I heard two wonderful, wonderful stories of the churches being planned and being started. One of our uh, two, two of our the people who have been on the emerging the graduate of that course, who are now serving inside the country, and uh, they said, you know, we have been invited to go to a funeral in one of our relative and our family, and and funeral inside Iran is completely different than you know funeral in the western country it's just hopeless you know people just crying and you know like uh, many many uh, sad sad situation and this couple they said you know we said maybe we don't go there you know because this they just is it not for us and and uh, and that that's uh, they the lady felt that, that we have to go we should go there and they go there and in the funeral, one of the relative comes to this couple, says, uh, you know, you are you are different. You know, we all sitting here crying and, you know, and just feeling sad, uh, mainly for ourselves, you know, because, you know, we know we die one day and, you know, what happened to us and things. But you are sitting here, you have a piece in your face. What, what is your story? What happened to you? And they began to share with this uh, relative and others are sitting there and listening listening to them and you know and he said as we talk you know and that lady said okay how how can i have this hope too how can i have this peace you have to what should i do he said you have to repent and and ask god to come in your life and he said as you want to do few other people around sitting he said oh we, we want also sorry we were just listening you are talking about we want also what should we do you know, six people in that things came to the lord and this couple went there for a few weeks after that. Every week we would go bring them together in one of their uh, relatives' house, and they would just get to know each other more, pray and uh, worship. And then now they have given them this tool that every week they get together, because this is a far distance, you know, to, to go every, every week. You know, that every few weeks they go and visit them until, uh, you know, God raised up among them a, a person who can be a, like a leader and pastor pastor for that that fellowship that was one uh, one one example you know how how it is happening and how quickly is happening you know there are many many stories of 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 this and another another beautiful story which which i heard was so so encouraging uh, for me is another uh, a couple who have been on the course uh, they have done a like a discipleship course intensive in-person discipleship course in, inside the country with like secured things they do and and uh, one of the participant was a wife of a, a person who has died in iran and iraq war and in iran they call them martyr wife of the martyr is it because they have died for the country you know they are the martyr and they are wife of the country and they get uh, like fav some favorites in you know in in society you know, they, yeah yeah they go to university you know without paying they get the first place some areas like that and this lady said during that course 
she said, you know, this has been my identity. Everywhere I went, they said, you are the wife of the martyr. You are wife of the martyr. You know, don't laugh. You are the wife of the martyr. You know, don't talk with other people, you know, and uh, these things, you know. But now I found that I am the child of God. You know, that's my identity. And she was she was healed through this this uh, course. And after the course, she's inviting them, said, come to my home and have the fellowship in my home, have the house church in my home, have a house. And they go there and uh, they have the fellowship. And uh, after the uh, fellowship, they like they have song and they worship the Lord, they pray, they hear the word of God, they have fellowship, which the fellowship normally goes with dinner and after dinner tea and cookies and things like that. And, and they had that fellowship the next day, this lady calls our uh, uh, leaders inside Iran who, who was there the day before and says, come here. He goes there and he says, one of the neighbor has come up. This is our neighbor. The neighbor said, for a few months, I have heard a word, uh, worship songs in the, the our apartment block. And I was thinking, who is Christian here? Because she was Christian there, that lady too. And she said, I was just looking and listening, which which floor it is, which house it is. And she said that I went to the neighbor uh, across this wife of the martyr. And I told them, sorry, are you Christian? And they said, no, we are not Christian. And I shared the gospel with them. They have come to the Lord. And, uh, and now I am talking with them. And the whole building... The whole flats are, are Christian, except this lady. She said, we were thinking she's religious. She's wife of the martyr. She never come to the Lord. And now she's believer. And now the whole whole building, you know, that this neighbor, you know, she come to the Lord herself and she has shared the gospel with other. Now this lady is a wife of the martyr. You know, having the fellowship in their house, they have become a big group of people. You know, they want to get together. And and so and and so the interesting part is you know they have a little like a garden behind the apartment, and uh, the neighbors have told this wife of the martyr you cannot use it it's for the ground floor there is no such a rule you know they just made up something you know because they said every day we would go there and have devotion because you were religious we didn't want you to come down hear us but now you can come every day we are having devotion there and they said like every day they go there have a tea and sitting together and every week they have they use this uh, weekly fellowship to get to get together i mean like this this is you know like god is a story of of doing doing you know bring people to together and he's he's planting his church you know he's he's the one who is bring people together and and i think we have just be faithful walk after him see what is he doing and in this season yeah wow that's an incredible story <laughs> i love hearing that um thanks for sharing those those are those are incredibly encouraging well just as we as we wrap up Kayvon, this has been so incredible, like incredibly helpful to me just to understand what does it mean to be a church planter in the Iran region? What does that look like? How does that differ from what we see in the West? Um, and then what what's happening now, like in terms of, I guess, growth and uh, the development of that of that work? Um, as we close, though, are there some are there some ways that that we could pray for that our listeners could pray Um just for the work that you do, anything specific you can think of, we could pray for the the church planters in the Iran region. 
Uh, I, I, uh, yes, we we would be so so grateful if uh, whoever is listening will pray pray for 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 us. I think if you, you pray that we would uh, be keep keep being faithful, listening to the Lord, and other things wouldn't dis distract us. And for the people inside the country, you pray that you know that God would give them courage, you know, and give them give them the the his his vision to getting together and he would have us because you know they people who get together in a small a small group a small church there is a risk you know if they catch them they arrest them you know they will go in prison they will lose things you know but they get this risk to meet with Jesus you know to encounter with Jesus to have fellowship with Jesus and pray that God would uh, honor their uh, uh this this passion while they are getting together has has he would answer their prayer uh, and he would work among them with signs and wonders and healing and miracles happen that uh, what they do in in secret would be shouted at the top of the buildings that Jesus is alive and he is is transforming uh, nations yeah okay. That's great. That's a big prayer. I love it. I know our listeners will will be eager to pray to pray that. Well, thank you so much, Kayvon, for taking time to chat about this. I think this is this has been really great, and um, I'm just really grateful uh, just to hear more and um, to understand a little bit better what you do, and then and then what what's happening now in the church planting movement in Iran. So, thanks so much for taking time. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for whoever is listening. We are, we are, God is writing this beautiful story. We all have a part and, and thank you for praying and thank you. Thank everyone who, whatever you do for his kingdom. And there is much more uh, a story of this, what we see, what we hear. And I think one day we will hear more of them in well, well our Lord Jesus. Yeah. Thank you. Amen. Well, thank you, Kayvon. Hope to talk to you again soon. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for being here with us today. I hope you were encouraged to hear from Kayvon about the incredible impact of church planting ministry in the Iran region. Next time on Jesus Speaks Farsi, Joe, Jennifer, and I will be discussing our recent conversations about church planting during our chai time. We look forward to being with you again soon. Until then, I hope you experience Jesus in a new way this week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, would you take a moment to subscribe to our podcast or leave us a rating or review? We'd love for more people to learn what Jesus is doing amongst Farsi speakers today. Jesus Speaks Farsi is produced by Elam Ministries, a nonprofit ministry whose mission is to strengthen and expand the church in the Iran region and beyond. For more information, resources, and ways to partner, visit elam.com.